my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lamberth, recording this episode for Sunday, August 6th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to shows. Give this one a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival. Subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 665. One more close to the devil number. Um, we're gonna do something. <laughs> we're gonna do something special for episode six six six. I'm gonna try to book Satan. I couldn't book Obama. I couldn't book Biden. I couldn't book Trump. But I'm gonna book Satan. I couldn't even vin- couldn't even get Saint Vincent on here. But I'm gonna try to get Satan. Maybe that'll get the listeners. We'll get more listeners and and subscribers. I think if I try to court the devil. I think uh, maybe uh, maybe this podcast will be better off. But at any rate, this is episode 665. There's no guest. It's just me sitting here in my apartment on a lazy Saturday afternoon. I've done TPS reports all week. I've done things. And I'm sitting here in my apartment ready to give you a high-quality podcast, another high-quality podcast that I've been doing for over 10 years. And speaking of rating and reviewing the show, I got a review from Apple Podcasts. Let's see. This one is from Dolomout Jackson, and it says, My top five podcasters, five stars. Chris Lamberth is an extremely funny dude, and I love his insights into stuff thank you Dolmount Jackson I really appreciate it thank you for listening and subscribing I really appreciate it 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 means a lot to me it really does so I don't really do that much today um just kind of slept in a little bit had myself a nice lunch had some leftover creamy chicken pesto pasta and a salad that yours truly made 
It was really good. It's very rich. Something you got to do once every few months. But I did enjoy it. And um, I like it. I saw the homie Felder posted like canning his uh, one of his friends. I guess he gave one of his friends um, uh, was telling him about canning their sauce. I need to do that and then just freeze it. I should do that. You put in a mate. My mom would do that. You know, I I do that, too. I put I had some. This is like the this is like the fake. I'm late. I'm too lazy to really make the sauce from scratch. But I got some in the freezer and I got some noodles uh, left over from this pasta. So I should probably make some of that. Take it out the freezer and have sometime next week. But anyway, that gave me the idea of like, I really need to go in make some sauce and just freeze it just fucking freeze it and have it on a rainy day you know have a nice salad and you know whatever but i didn't really do i did watch a lot of youtube today i was i was um preparing myself for some sadness prepping myself for some sadness on the 10th of this month I'm going to try to get these new, well, this this reissue of these Kobe's, these um, Air Flight Hirachis, Nike Air Flight Hirachis, the Lakers away. Like when Kobe was, he left. I found out a lot of, I did a lot of research about this. Like, and the, I never had a pair of Hirachis or as if you were really Mexican with the shoes based on is Huarachi. But nobody's going to say it like that because this is America and we're not going to say it the way that it's intended to be said. Uh, I got that from a YouTuber who was Mexican and he did a, a brief history on the shoe and how Tinker Hatfield came up with the design of the shoe. And that just made me even more invested and really interested in this sneaker. Um, this The sneaker industry, I, I have to say, is one of the most fucked up in the world yeah are there more things are there things that are more important like yeah trump uh has been indicted for i don't know the umpteenth time um there's a lot of crazy shit going on but uh you know uh it's it's really it's just really fascinating for people that want to buy the shoe Want to buy these shoes, whatever it is. You know, I, I was lucky once I got the Jordan 4s, the Breads, um, which was the my first pair of Jordans. Um, for those of you that know my stand-up, you know, um, my dad promised to get me a pair of Jordans if I got my black belt, I think when I was like 9 or 10. And... Um, and those were the pair that he got me. And those are my favorite. I have the Jordan 4s and I have like the, the reissue and then I have the black cats, which I did wear a couple of times. But uh, these Hirachis look cool. Like I, I I had a pair of Kobe's. So anyway, so these were the ones that that Kobe I'll, I'll put it on the show. I'll make it the show. Uh, the picture that I put in that I post on Twitter and, and Instagram. Uh, they look cool, and the and the apparently the the Nike White Air Flight Hirachis or Wadachis were out in June. I wish I'd have known that. I would have maybe tried to have made a play for those, 
Um, but yeah, once once they go, once they're off the sneakers app and onto these websites like Goat or eBay or StockX, it's just like it, this. The prices are too fucking ridiculous. But what I will do, maybe I'll I'll get myself. I'm just preparing myself. One day, maybe in a, in a month or two, I'll I'll grab a get a pair of just the the regular Hirachis that I think maybe you can get under a hundred bucks if you go to Foot Locker. I know I was talking about this uh, last month when I went to. I didn't. T- I didn't talk about this last month, but I did talk about my Ray Ban shades that I liked. I think they're the gunmetal. No, they're not gunmetal. They're brown or something. But I saw that. I think it's just the style and color that make it a little more expensive. Maybe twenty bucks more than the other ones. So as I was walking through the mall, I bought those shades. And then I went and stopped in the sneaker store, the Foot Locker and the House of Hoops. And I hadn't been there in about four or five years. This was prior to the pandemic. And I think in 2018, I got the pair of Kobe ADs, which I loved. I still have them. I love them. I wear. I would wear them all the time. People would ask me if they were looking at them from a distance and say, are those sandals? I thought those were sandals. I'm like, no, they're Kobe's. And this is before he died. And I love them. And I was going to try to get another colorway that was like a more of a Laker, more of a Laker purplish. They had purple in them. But if you know the ADs, Google them, look them up. And uh, the, I just didn't get around to getting them. But that was the first time I was like, oh, they're actually in a store. And I don't have to worry about like not getting them. And that was perfect because that was like I got those shoes and I got a pair of that the homie Felder recommended the the what are the two seventies the Air two seventies the Oreo colors colorway and I love those and um, so I got those and I got the Kobe's on the same day and then the 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 first time I wore the Kobe's on stage I bombed uh, <laughs> it was a bad it was a bad show I think I I did talk about it somewhere on Twitter when Kobe. Uh, tragically passed. Um, I was talking about. I think I posted a story about them, and then I think prior to that, I I asked like comics, like if they ever bombed, what's the most expensive pair of shoes, sneakers that they bombed in? Uh, and I got a couple people to respond. If I was famous, if I was famous, if I was a bigger comic, I'd have got more interactions. But fuck it, you know, whatever. And that's why I'm barely on Twitter. And I just post show dates and then I try to do a witty thing every now and then. But just may hey, just maybe social media is not for me. And that's something that I have to learn to deal with as an artist and just try to get good. Just not necessarily try to get good at social media, but just get good at my craft of doing stand up comedy and acting. So if you get good at that, you don't have to really worry about social media or do you? I don't know. I'm not 100%. If you get good, then you can just have somebody else do your social media while you're busy doing other things, you know, like dating Instagram models or whatever it is or raising a family. I don't know. Whatever that entails, it is what it is. Um, But, yeah, I do. I would like these shoes. I've been heartbroken before on this from the sneakers app. But I do like them, and the, the watching these YouTube videos made me a little more lusty, lust for these a little more. But it's just a pair of, it's just fabric and stuff. And uh, 
I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to I've got my credit cards and stuff updated on the app because I haven't tried in in years. Um, so, no, I did. I did try last year, I think. No, I don't think you could. No, no. It was those like Tom, whatever those shoes were that they had them at Kohl's eventually. And then I, I wouldn't care if they sold them at Kohl's, but I just liked the sneaker. I thought it would be a good addition to my collection, but I don't know. I don't know. But these 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 Warachis, they they look good. And and maybe I'll buy some consolation uh, non flights um, some someday at a Foot Locker or something like that. But I'm I'm just prepping myself for sadness um it's just gonna be even worse now that kobe's gone man you know it sucks sucks that he's gone and then it just makes it and they're releasing these like i guess he's gonna have sneakers come out like his his estate his his wife vanessa um okayed it so they're gonna be releasing more sneakers so that's good for the public but i just don't know how many people are gonna be able to get them on their feet like the people that actually want to wear them instead of people that like hoard them and stuff like that and then i don't know and try to sell them above just try to just sell them above market whatever it is i don't i'm not a businessman but they try to oversell them on these websites and shit but these i like these i like them and i hear they're super comfortable these would be a nice addition to my show shoes um, when you have a good show or you're doing, doing, uh, you're headlining or something, you're doing a big show, a cool hip show. You want to wear some cool sneakers. Um, what else guys, guys, you can check me out on the end of the conversation podcast, uh, with Damian Lemon. I filled in for the great Ali Muhammad and, um, yeah, uh, it was a good time. Always, I made my triumphant return. Um, you can never fill Ali Muhammad's shoes, but I just hung out with Lemon for an hour or so. So it's always good to talk to him in on a pod and in real life. Um, so that was fun. So that's available. I posted a link on Twitter and stuff. I think I did talk about this on the Patreon, but I wanted to shout out Manny and friends over down at in Staten Island over at the flagship brewery. It's a monthly show that I get to do like once a year. Uh, I've made my triumphant return there uh, since the pandemic. I, I hadn't done it. I don't know how long it's been since I had done it prior to the pandemic, but I did it last year and got to do it uh, this year. Um, and I opened up the show. I was the first comic on to open the show and uh i ripped it doing new shit uh it felt good and i have another one that i'm another bit that i'm trying to work on that i've been thinking about been ruminating about it for quite some time and i'm gonna try to make something of it gonna try to make some funnies out of that uh so that's good i'm, I'm at i'm doing the 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 super secret is it the super secret the super secret comedy show uh super 
Secret. Can I spell? Yeah, super secret comedy show. Is that it? No, that's something else. Ah, shit. Hold on. Let me see. I know. I was trying to click. Anyway, I'm doing. Wait, uh, super. Maybe I'll edit some of this out. It's on. It's it's tonight. I'm recording on Saturday, but it's tonight. And uh, jeez, Louise, you'd think that you know when you're looking for something on here. When you're really looking for, I didn't even I didn't have this queued up, so it would have been nice. Uh, if I'd had this going, damn it. That's so, that makes me mad. You know, when you're, when any other time you could find the shit to the comedy secret show, that's what I'm doing. The comedy secret show. And it's, it's at Uck Billy and it's in Williamsburg, the Williamsburg, Williamsburg Greenpoint ish area. So I'm doing that tomorrow tonight at eight o'clock. Um, I'm excited. I, I I always love. It's Brooklyn is different, and every time, every t- I remember even before the pandemic, um, I would go there because that's where I started. A little fun fact about me. I've talked about this before, but I started doing comedy. My first time going up was at New York Comedy Club, uh, in the Gramercy area. And then I would do stuff at my very first time. I think my very first time going up was at comics in the meatpacking district, which no longer exists. And it was in a downstairs basement. They had the main stage upstairs. Downstairs, they had this place called Ochi's Lounge. And it was named after the guy who was the bathroom attendant in there. I think his name was Ochi, I believe, because if they did, if they named it after him, that was his name. And uh, when that place closed, there was this like, diaspora of like comedy like the downtown comedy scene moving over to Brooklyn and you had Hannibal Burris's Knitting Factory show and there's just tons of other shows uh in Brooklyn so it's always good to like go there but it's a it's a different scene that was like almost 15 16 years ago and uh god that's wow it's a long time to be doing something. 14, 15 years. And I don't regret it. I don't regret it one bit. But it was it's just long when you when you get when you get long in the tooth and you get a little older. And I think about like that's where I started and then now it's just a different set of people there doing stuff and sometimes you you think, "Oh, it's it's just different." So it's always good to go back there and do stuff. The last time I was there, I had a blast when I was doing, um, I think it was like early June. I did laying it down with uh, Shalewa Sharp and Carolyn Castiglia. I did their show and that was really fun. I was like, oh, OK, this this is different. And it was I think they said it was in Bushwick. And it's like, OK, being there was like, oh, they built up so so much more. And I used to say when I started there, Lena Dunham's ascent she had just started like blowing up 
and people started moving to Williamsburg and stuff. And I just kind of blamed. So I said, what hath Lena Dunham wrought? I would always say that because I remember going going to a show on Saturday night and there was like an Apple store in Williamsburg or something. And I was like, what hath Lena Dunham wrought? Um, just a funny thing. I just I just say Williams. I've said this hundreds of times, like Williamsburg, Brooklyn is is uh, white people's NBA all star weekend. And it is it's it's I like it out there, man. It's it's fun. I've seen like so many culturally. It's just kind of like uh, at least for me, it's it's just fun shit going on. A lot of my favorite artists like the foreign exchanger perform there. Uh, so much cool stuff going there. I remember hanging out. Um, I remember one time going uh, going to Williamsburg. Uh, this had to be 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. Um, I was seeing a girl. Couldn't She couldn't go. So I ended up going with a buddy that I went to high school with. That was in town that lived in in Brooklyn and his girlfriend. We went to go see Odyssey. And because I knew people, they got in free and we had like this great like chicken uh, dinner, like chicken, collard greens, mac and cheese. And then we had we got to see Odyssey. It was so dope. It was a good time. Uh, So I like performing there Uh, and I'm excited and I will try to bring the funny to that Greenpoint slash Williamsburg area. But that just made me slightly reminisce, full-ish, ill-reminisce-ish, ish, I don't know. Made me reminisce a little bit about doing stuff in Brooklyn and reflecting on my wondrous career so far in doing stand-up comedy. Um, none of that is lost on your boy. Um... Where else did I want to take you on this journey? I'm 20 minutes in, and I don't really know what the hell I've said. I wanted to talk about this. Um, yeah, so so shout out to Manny and his crew, Manny, Molly, and, and all those those folks out there. And Gina, who took some uh, pictures, head, headshots. She's a photographer. Took pictures for, for, at, for of the comics and then took pictures during the show. Um, it was great. It's good, always a good time. Those shows are just like, I think I was talking about it on Lemon Show. It's just like those, some of those alt shows like that are just so, so fucking fun, man. Those people like, and those, cause one, it's like those people know that a show's coming. Two, it's just like they know a show's coming. They're ready for the show and they're excited about you performing and they want you to do well. They're not there with their arms folded. And I don't think I've really had that many problems, but it's just there's been there have been a few nights where it's like, oh, should I have even should I even driven all the way out here for this, you know, to not get paid and to have a gorilla uh, ambush show, you know, but so it goes. All right. I uh, wanted to talk about this kid, Kai Sinat, Kai Sinat or Sinat. This YouTuber who was responsible for this riot in Union Square uh, Friday, yesterday, as as I'm recording, it was yes, you, you're getting this Sunday. You know the drill. Thousands of people 
this is from the New York Times. I read a bunch of other ones, but I subscribe to New York Times. I'll I'll read just some of this stuff. YouTube streamer faces riot charge after Union Square Park erupts in chaos. Thousands of people descended on the Manhattan Park after Kai Sinat, a popular YouTube and Twitch streamer, promised to hand out free game consoles. Kai Kai Carlos Sinat, they put all his government in there. The third, a popular streamer who announced plans to hand out free game consoles at Union Square Park was charged with inciting a riot after a crowd estimated at several thousand young people erupted in mayhem. This was really crazy. So apparently, this Kai Sinat kid, I didn't know too much about him. I know that he did something with Drake or he did like some stream and he's really popular. He's got like maybe six million followers and um, man, it, it, it he said that there was going to be a giveaway of PlayStation 5s and all these people, like I said, descended in Union Square. It was just a shit show of people rioting, jumping on cars, going into a CVS and uh just wilding out stealing stuff mainly candy passing it out jumping police officers they were not prepared um there were 65 arrests half of those people that were arrested were juveniles um people got yeah a lot of people got hurt um yeah this is some people set off fireworks let's see what else we got here we go. This is it. Okay. It was uncontrolled. It took us a while to get it under control, and a lot of young people got hurt, Chief Madri Mad- said. Speaking of speaking against the backdrop of a trash-littered plaza at one of two news conferences held after the park had been cleared, Mr. Senat and another, form, another streamer, Phantom, had announced plans to hand out PlayStation 5 consoles at the park at 4 p.m. <sighs> The two are members of the streaming group AMP, which has legions of fans on YouTube and the streaming site Twitch. Mr. Sinat's YouTube channel has more than 3.6 million followers. Uh, The event was spawned. This is the important thing. The event was spontaneous and came together without a city permit, Chief Madry said. The police learned of the gathering from a social media post around midday, he added. By 3 p.m., he said the post had gone viral. Hordes of young people were soon packing the park and spilling onto the surrounding streets and sidewalks where they blocked cars and pedestrians. The popular Union Square Green Market shut down early. Subway trains began bypassing the Union Square. Wow, I didn't know that. Began bypassing the Union Square station. As 4 p.m. approached and the crowd grew restless, the police department initiated a level four mobilization, its highest level response. While parts of the crowd remained mostly peaceful, others tipped into unruliness. One cluster of people stormed a construction site and then began hurling building materials, rocks, and bottles at one another, the chief said. You had people walking around with shovels, axes, and other tools on the constru- of the construction trade, he said, adding that others had been lighting fireworks and tossing them towards officers and, and one another. While the scheduled giveaway time came and went, the pandemonium increased. Water bottles, basketballs, a computer, and fireworks sailed through the crowd. One group of young people pushed back against police officers, carrying riot shields as they tried to move in to make arrests. A knot of more than 200 people standing near a flagpole at the center of the park directed a vulgar chant at the police 
Images from the crowd scene showed people climbing into cars stuck in the crowd. Man, this is fucking... It looks like they updated this since I read it, but this is this was a fucking shit show. Um, nobody got severely hurt. Nobody. Okay, well, I don't know about that. Nobody died. I was talking to one of my homies. I was texting one of my homies about it, and he he was saying, "Yeah, you know, thank God it wasn't." He said, "He said, um." Let me see uh, what he told me. He was like, yeah, it reminds me of the Puffy incident at City College. And I didn't know what that was. And uh, the, apparently, let me let me read read this. Uh, college. I didn't know I was going to add this part, but it was a City College stampede that happened in 1991. Uh, the City College Stampede was a stampede was a crowd crush event that occurred on December 28th, 1991 in the city co- in the City College of New York gymnasium during a charity basketball game headlined by hip hop celebrities Puff Daddy and Heavy D. Outside of the event, crowds were able to break at least one glass door leading into the gymnasium lobby. The crowd then rushed the lobby and down a short staircase that led to the gymnasium. However, a set of doors at the bottom of the stairs opened inward into the lobby, not outward into the gymnasium, and nine people were crushed to death at the bottom of staircase, while 29 others were injured. No criminal charges were filed in following the incident, although multiple wrongful death and personal injury lawsuits were filed. And I didn't know about that. That was 91. I was 11. This shit here uh, is... is insane and it shouldn't have happened man i think if these dudes and they charged this they charged kai and he got arrested and they eventually uh got out i don't know if it was on bail or whatever but he got out i don't think i think maybe he i don't know if he underestimated but i don't think he how do i want to say it Maybe he didn't understand his reach was that wide. Now he had, he, maybe he just didn't have a, I don't know. You got, I, I, maybe he didn't know that his reach was that wide in a way that he was going to get, maybe he's going to have people wild out like that. But I think, and it seemed like he had, a, he had, has people. Cause when you get that famous, there's got to be other people that are around that know about you and become your agency, your representation, and management, and all that. Somebody's got to get in his ear and say, "Hey, why don't you just make this an event that you have at a venue? You charge tickets for admission. You make some money off of this instead of just saying come to Gramercy Park." Maybe this guy. How how old is this guy? Is he like twenty six? I don't know. I don't know how old he is. Let's see. Uh, 2001. So he's only 21. Okay. He's a kid, guys. He's just a kid. Um, white people don't get in trouble when they do stuff. I don't know. This kid got a... I don't... Maybe... Okay. Now that he's... Now that I know he's 21, I wonder if he... I'm, I'm sure he understands his popularity and stuff. 
but maybe he didn't have a full grasp of uh, how many people he was really affecting like this. Because I was looking, I woke up to this and I was looking on Twitter and I saw that he was comforting, comforting this kid who had come down to see him and possibly get a, a PlayStation or something. But I think, okay, I'll tell you about this. And the kid was like hyperventilating. He couldn't breathe because he wanted to see this dude, Kai. Uh, and, and Kai was comforting the guy. And then one of the the Twitter comments was like, see, this is not, this ain't, this ain't what they showing. They not showing this. I don't think, is this, I'm not sure that this is akin to the, this is slightly akin to the Travis Scott incident that happened where, but at the same time, Travis Scott, I think through just through this concert, through this festival. And then sometimes you have these shitty people that want to use that as an excuse to riot and fuck things up. I don't think this guy's intent was to uh, start a riot, but he's going to get, he's getting charged for this. Um, what I would think is, I would think his people should have said, hey, you should just throw this event, have it at like, What's what's the place in the city? Uh, one of these one of these venues. Shit, I mean, ter- it seems like he's big enough to s- sell out Terminal Five. Or where do all where are all the comedians shooting specials and stuff at? Like at Gramercy, the Gramercy Theater. Have an event, have a live event, and have and have the PlayStation giveaways. Because I'm I'm sure because I think that kid, even the kid that was hyperventilating in the video in that clip just wanted to see Kai. I don't think I don't think people were that pressed for PlayStation. I love my PlayStation five. I there's not that many games on. It's not that much good shit on there. This is this is pro- and I think it's the pandemic's fault. Yes. And this is a a. a, a this generation of the generation of this console is like there's so much back play. You make a game on PlayStation five that you have to have it on PlayStation four for some reason. And then maybe, I don't know that maybe I'm, am I trying to hold on to this? I've said this so many times I'm holding on to this video game shit that I kind of care, don't care about as much anymore. But then when Spider-Man two comes out, I'm going to play, but then that's just like, me playing all the triple a games but i think that's their triple a games for a reason most people want to play those anyway you know what i mean so it's not like i don't know it's just it mm. and i've been playing back playing games for like 10 years now they're still great i mean obviously you know you know i'm obsessed with the last of us you know i play god of war and but you know i've i've I'm just like God. I'm I'm a lemming, just like the rest of you. No, I'm playing all these like mainstream games and stuff. There's some that I that I need to finish. I just think I I don't know, but that, that's beside the point. I I would have thought that his team would say, "Hey Kai, hey other guy, why don't you just have an event? Just have a live event, and and we you get money, you get you get paid, and you, these, you make these kids happy, and you have some giveaways." 
just like a lot of the comics that are that I came up with that are famous, um, they have. I'm doing a show. Come to this show. You know, we're doing. A, I'm. They're doing a live podcast. It's going to be at this place. You're going to get tickets. Maybe we'll have prizes or something. But you get to see me do this podcast live. You know, I, I. I don't know. I. You would think that there would be people with some sense that wouldn't have caused this because this was the shit was unnecessary and i think these people just don't understand the reach that they have you know and i'm not hating i'm not hating at all on these kids because i think that's just the way that's just the way that it is now it's like you see you can see little babies like know how to navigate they can't tie their shoe but they know how to navigate an ipad and do all this stuff that my almost 80 year old mom can't do because every day she's complaining about her cell phone and wanting to switch companies like that's going to do anything, mom. So I don't I don't I don't know. It's it's sad. Thankfully, hopefully these kids learned a lesson. But I think some of them just wanted to wild out like I like going to a fucking construction site. I saw people hanging on the fucking a car as a as a car was trying to leave, messing up somebody's car. It's just no, the fucking disrespect. It's really shitty, man. I wouldn't even think to be doing no bullshit like that as a kid. But I, I had older parents. I, I was a square. God, fun for me back then. Doing a, doing a play. Going to rehearsal, talking to girls, talking to a girl on the phone. I'm thinking high school age. What do we do during the summer? I worked. I had a job. Go out on a couple dates and go out on dates and stuff. It's pretty just standard issue. Boring nerd stuff. I don't even think that was bored. Go to work. You get something to eat, play a video game. I don't know, man. It's it's sad, but I, but thankfully nobody got hurt. There was I watched this one story where this mom and her kid they took refuge in a. I think they were going in that Burlington. They I think she she said she was going to Burlington Co Factory, and uh, and she. And she hid, she took refuge in like a Capital One bank and and in the lobby and until and waited until everything subsided with her kid that was no more than a year old. I don't even think the baby was, it was an adorable kid and a lovely, the mom was very lovely also. And um, yeah, so yeah, it was, thankfully it wasn't too bad and hopefully it was a wake up call to Kai and his team that when you do shit, make it more organized, buy out a venue, make a lot of money, have a giveaway. Everybody's safe and happy. They get to see you. Maybe they get a PlayStation five. Um, yeah. All right. What else? Um, let's talk about some TV. I reckon, I really, I was really into uh, 
this season two of, of this show called This Fool. I remember liking it last year uh, when it came out, when the season one came out. But this season seems like it got a lot better. It's a little more reined in, uh, I thought. And it was good. Um, this comic, Chris Estrada, uh, it's about his... I don't know if it's based on his life, but it's... Let's see. Here we go. This is the blurb on Google. Julio Lopez has a heart of gold and goes out of his way to help everyone but himself. Julio attempts to better his community, overcome his codependency issues with his family, and navigate working class life in South Central. That's that's it in a nutshell. And uh, it stars Chris Estrada as Julio, Frankie Quinones, uh, and uh, Michael Imperioli. It's it's really fucking good. Uh, I like it a lot. I, I think it's just season two. It, it just built off of a very good first season, and um, I think it's even better. And because, it, it, you know, it's like a year in between these shows, and you're like, oh, yeah, this fool is back. It popped up on my um, my Apple TV Plus, and, um, yeah, I really like it a lot. It's it's fun. It's a good it's a good comedy. Um, Swagger, I, I was talking about that. Uh, season's really great. I've uh, been enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> I'd say it's like... I say it's the wokest show on TV, um, and in a good way. I'm not like not being corny, but I think sometimes when you when you're like uh, when you're when you're a bit, I, I'm a pretty. I I like to say that my podcast persona, which is really me, it's it's me, my podcast persona and the stuff that I talk about on the podcast. I for the most part strive to be positive but then sometimes i can be like the cynical mind can overtake you can overtake the most positive person i'm pretty even keeled but sometimes you can be cynical and you can just be like all right we i get what you're trying to do and uh you notice things that are a little too saccharine that are a little too on the nose and it's like all right i get it um, but it doesn't mean that the show's not good. And I think this is really good. I like that they they focus on, you know, it's loosely based on Kevin Durant. So they they say that they're in D.C., even though they're filming it in like D.C. and Merlin. Uh, uh, but they're but I believe they're shooting it. They shoot that show in like Richmond somewhere. Um, it's good. I know I, Ice Cube was getting a lot of shit. We were talking about that on uh, in the conversation, and I saw that the Ninja Turtles movie, and uh, and Ice Cube's character he played Superfly, one of the mutants who was a, the big bad in in the movie. And I just said, "You think Ice Cube would learn a little bit from his character's arc on that sh- in that movie?" But I don't know. And then his sons on the Wokest Show on TV. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of fun. And I didn't realize the homies on the Firestarter were telling me, were not telling me, but saying it on the show. It's like they were talking directly to me. Um, one of the kids is a prospect. He's going to be a freshman at Vanderbilt. Uh, where is a kid? Um, now that I'm looking for him. Okay, Jason Rivera Torres, the guy that plays Nick, is going to Vanderbilt. He's going to play for uh, Jerry Stackhouse. I was like, because the guys on the Firestarter pod were like, 
oh, he's he's like the best player. <laughs> he's like, I know they're making this about Jason. Jason's supposed to be like uh, Kevin Durant, uh, but this kid's really fucking good. The kid that plays Jace, I don't know if he hoops in real life, uh, but he's related to Lauren Hill. Like he's Lauren Hill's cousin, um, Isaiah Hill. I don't know that he hoops for real, but this other kid, they're like, oh yeah, he's this motherfucker's good. He was kind of like a rival in um, in the um, early on in, in season one of the show, but it's good, man. I fucking like it. Uh, it's it's very good. So I'm I'm a big fan. Um, bop, 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 bop. what else? Um, so that's good. Uh, the after party, I just watched the latest episode of that today. That's good. It's fun. I was like, oh, is this all right? Then I started to lock into it a little more, pay more attention to stuff that's going on. I'm rocking with that. Um, uh, 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 what's, what's my show? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What is the name of that show that I like? Um, my stuff. Now, see, when I'm looking for it, I can't find it. I was just watching it. Reservation Dogs, the final season. I watched that. I like it. It's good. The main character, one of the main guys, Bear, is going on this spiritual journey. I, I wonder where this is going. Um, but I like it. I like I've, I've liked it since the, it first started, so I'm into it. Um, that's as far as I think that's pretty much it. I do. I'm hearing mixed things about the the uh, the the Disney Plus show, the Secret Invasion. They're really shitting on it hard. I don't know. I, some people like it, some people don't, and you kind of wonder: Is it? Are they saying this because it's a black show? Is that why they're saying that? You don't really understand it. Is that why they're saying it? That they're like, oh my god, all this, all this Marvel fatigue until the next fucking movie comes out. I think the next one, well, Loki's coming out soon, and uh, but as far as the movies, as far as I know, I think it's not until November, so another two three months. Uh, People are shitting on that, and they'll all be in the fucking theater. They'll all sell it out. It's going to make me wonder if I need to see it premiere at another th- the small theater in in uh, in the burbs tucked away and probably going to do that when it comes out. So I don't know, man. People they're they're going to go see all these fucking things. Uh but whether it's good or not, I don't know. But I know I'm a Brie Larson fan. I'm a Tiana Paris fan. I like the little girl that was in the the Marvel's Miss Marvel show. She's fine. It's all fine. I like that character Miss Marvel in the video game. That was the best character in the game. And uh, then they had Black Panther. So she was my favorite. I think it's just because I built built her up more than anybody else, and she had that embiggened power feature thing that was pretty dope. Um. All right, Muzak. Let's do some music. Music, Black Milk. Black Milk has a new album, and I liked it. It's called Everybody Good. Oh, they have. A, I'm just clicking on this randomly. Pitchfork, Pitchfork's snobby fucking site gave it 
a 7.2. It's at least an 8 or a 9. I don't know. I, I didn't know. So, I don't know. Like, Black Milk, he's another guy. Like, I've been listening to him for a long time. And um, I kind of, I believe I became, I think I did become more familiar with his work from his production that he was doing for Elzai and and Royce the Five Nine, like projects that they did together. And then his his other, st- his newish stuff, I got to go back and listen to like Fever that came out a few years ago. And uh, he had one of my favorite records um, called Album album of the year that came out in 2010 and i think the i think the first record is the first record on that i think the first record on that is called album of the year if i'm not mistaken i'm i'm looking at my phone here um and of course now that i'm looking for something it's going to take a little longer for me to look up but the first record, no, the first record's called 365, which is like on my like pre-show get ready to do comedy rock out playlist. It just goes really hard. The drums are crazy. Drums are also crazy on this record called Oh Girl, which is just kind of like a it's not necessarily a love song, but it's a girl song. It's just like a it's just dope. It just it just goes hard. And I like to harmonize to the hook. It's just, it's official. But this guy, I mean, it's just a dude who, like, whose work I just appreciate. And I didn't realize, I don't, I don't think I was following him. I'm probably still not following. I need to follow him on Instagram. That one of my favorite artists, the generational great Fonte, has a, a song on it called No Wish. It's pretty deep. And he was posting about it. He's like, oh, the album's coming out. You know, it's just like, the album's coming out Friday. It's like, oh, Fonte's on the track. And I was like, let me listen. And I listened to it on my way to a show, was vibing out to it. And it's songs that's like still, you know, I've, it's, I've been listening to it for a couple of weeks. And it's, it's songs are of these are still in my head in a good way. Like the hooks are in my head and like I'm thinking about them and stuff like that. And um, this is a really fucking deep, deep ass song. And it's like, oh, shit. Um, And so you're like, wow, okay. Um, It's good, man. Everybody good is good. It's a good album. Um, That's music. Let's do some... uh, That's the music that I've been listening to. Otherwise, I don't think it's been that much new stuff that I've I've been listening to. You also, it's not music, it's comedy. You want to check out the homie Justin Williams, who was on last week. America's Little Cutie Baby. That came out yesterday on uh, Friday the 4th. Um, it's good. Actually pretty inspiring. Just listening to him talk about it. He was like, it, it, it was kind of a throwaway thing, but to me, it's what stuck with me. He's like, yeah, I just booked this date. What dates do you have? Uh, to what he said, the caveat. And, um, uh, and they booked him, and he's like, I'm one shot one chance and he you know did his thing man so it was good so check that out support other comics that are on the show that have been on the show and go see their stuff go buy their stuff when it comes out these people do we do these podcasts for nothing they pay to get to put these things up they do 
great job. So these people that, that, you know, support these people, basically. Fuck. Shit. Shit. All right. Um, let's do a couple movie reviews. Um, saw this movie last week. I got a screener for this movie. This movie called Susie Searches. And it's one that I had seen the trailer for months back. I think maybe it came out. It it just came out on uh, VOD last week. And I'll read you the blurb here. Susie is an awkward college student with a failing true crime podcast. She seizes the opportunity to boost her popularity by solving the mysterious disappearance of Jesse, a campus heartthrob. With her star on the rise, events soon take a dark turn as she digs out the truth and finds herself in over her head. This movie was directed by Sophie Kargman. It stars Kiersey Clemens, Alex Wolf, Rachel Sennett, Jim Gaffigan, and Ken Marino. It's a pretty stacked cast. I really, I enjoyed this one. This is like, I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. I, I job want to give it the 3.5 jump I did you know like I was interested in one because I like Kiersey Clemens I think she's really good I think this is a nice turn for her doing a character like doing like real character work kind of reminds me of um of uh I without really without trying to I don't want to spoil this because I like you guys to check this out and then come to your own conclusions and you can write me, email me if you want to chat about it. But I think this is one you should see some big things get revealed early on in this one. And then you got to decide whether or not you like this character of Susie, Kiersey Clemens Susie. Uh, but it reminds me of Aubrey Plaza and Ingrid goes West a characters that a character that's a little off but you still have empathy for them you still care about them and there's reasons why you're going to i think off the top off gp that you would like her in the early se- scenes um which which are kind of the same are quite similar to um Aubrey Plaza and Inger Goes West one of my favorite film critics two of my favorite film critics on YouTube the fish jelly g- guys says and I, I think they're right they were making comparisons to mystery team the the Derek produced film with Donald Glover in it and I was like yeah I definitely see that I'm, I'm rocking with that I see where they're going um this one's slightly darker this is slightly darker because there's a thing that happens halfway through the movie and it's like oh this got really bad Things got really bad for these people in this movie. And it's like, oh, shit. So I think it's good. I think it's an entertaining watch. I think it's something that if you watch it, you watch this on demand, you you rent it. I think you will be satisfied. I think you will be satiated because it's like it's actors that you like. Alex Wolf is in this. He's a guy that pops up in a lot of things. Uh, Ken Marino, Gaffigan's been popping up and stuff a lot lately. He's a guy that I I appreciate his career as a comic who's like a top-notch touring comic that makes these interesting turns and picks these interesting roles to do when he doesn't have to do them. And he picks interesting things to be a part of. 
Uh, so I did enjoy it. Um, and I think it's, I think it's worth your time. I think it's one that you would, uh, rent and enjoy a lot of time. I don't really, I haven't really, a lot of these films that you, you rent on VOD, it's just kind of like ho-hum. It's kind of like, ah, it was, it was all right. And then when you see him on, uh, like a week later or two, you're like, fuck, if I'd have waited a week, I wouldn't have had to pay extra for this movie. But this is one, I'm sure it'll be on a streamer at some point. But if you like Kiersey Clemens, it's definitely one to check out because it's a nice and interesting turn that she makes in this one. So uh, I would highly, I would recommend it. I, I think I maybe, you know, this one, this one, I was satisfied. I was hoping for a little more, but I really think, I think I would give this one three and a half. I think I might need one to upgrade this to three and a half stars because of Kiersey Clemens's performance. I just really liked her turn in this one. She's always been somebody that, that has emotional uh, depth and, and just a really good actress. And it makes me want to see some of her other stuff. That's uh, a little more, serious and not quirky but it's nice to see a a woman of a woman of color get to do some uh interesting character work that a lot of her white counterparts get to do all the time if they want to so i i think i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna upgrade that to three and a half um let's do another movie uh this other movie shortcomings just came out yesterday in the theater. I went to see this. I'll read you the blurb. Shortcomings. Read you the letterbox blurb. The only constant in his life is he won't change. Ben, a struggling filmmaker, lives in Berkeley, California with his girlfriend, Miko, who works for a local Asian American film festival. When he's not managing an art house movie theater as his day job, Ben spends his time obsessing over unavailable blonde women watching Criterion Collection DVDs and eating in diners with his best friend, Alice, a queer grad student with a serial dating habit. When Miko moves to New York for an internship, Ben is left to his own devices and begins to explore what he thinks he might want. This movie was directed by Randall Park and Shortcomings is based on... It's based on a graphic novel... And I want to get the author's name. Adrian Tomine. I think this came out 16 years ago, the, the, the book. Let's see when it came out. I'm looking at this. Ah, oh, shit. I oh, no. Came out in 2007. Okay. All right. This movie was really fucking good. I gave this one five stars. I was excited to see this. I saw this trailer uh, when I went to go see Past Lives. Marketing these these guys. These This is an Asian-American film. Randall Park of um, Fresh Off the Boat fame. And I, I fucking love this one. So I saw the trailer and I was like, oh shit. Like... 
all right, I, I want to see this. And um, it fucking delivered. I was so surprised that it was playing, that it wasn't premiering only in, in the city, only in New York. And it was playing in the Burbs. It was playing at, I initially got a ticket for at the Palisades Mall um, where Levity Live is. And then I saw I was playing closer to me in, in Ridgefield Park. So I was like, oh, let me go to Ridgefield Park. They got the reclining seats, the plush seating in a old school st- style office park area. <laughs> so I went to see it there. And um, it's just really fucking good. It's funny. There's some things about the, the main character that I see in myself. And I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. And uh, but at least this one, at least Ben has a girlfriend. I do not. Um, and it's very interesting. And it, and his arc is I really like his arc. I really like the this woman. Uh, um, what's his friend's name? Alice, who's played by Sherry Cola, who's blowing up, who was in uh, Joyride. And she was also in. um I think she was the main character in Turning Red, which was also very good. Um, yeah, man, it, it's just really good. I was trying to think what it reminded me of. This is like, this hit hard. Like, it's not on the surface level. It's not like on the surface level. It's not. Mm, how do I want to say it? On the surface level, it's not like it, but Sidewalks of New York was a movie that I think came out in. It came out before. Did it come out before 9 11? It's just one of these joints. That was an 01 movie. It came out right before the towers hit it. So they probably filmed it in 2000. Um, but it came out in 2001. It was just one of these joints. It's an Edward Burns film wrote that he wrote and directed. And it's kind of like a doc mockumentary. It was just, I think just the, I think just the, the hype that I had around that one was just like the excitement that I had for it. It just, it just delivered. It just packed up. It just packed a punch. It was just like, okay like i immediately when i saw the trailer i was like i'm into this and it was almost like it was talking about like i don't know how much i want to spoil i don't think i don't know like i don't know this like i know my audience but i don't know you guys and i don't know that it's something that you would rush to see i mean if you got kids you're probably seeing the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie which is fun and it's good. There's nostalgia, a lot of uh, nostalgia attached to it. Um, but if you're like me and you just want to see a nice above average film, it's it's really good. I'm trying to think of a like Ghost World. Ghost World, I think I only saw one time. That was a movie based on a novel. Based on a graphic novel. Um, Diary of a Teenage... What's the one that... Mario Heller... Who directed me... And Can You Ever Forgive Me... Uh, her first movie... 
Diary of a Teenage Girl in 2015. That's based on a graphic novel. And that is, that actually had elements of animation in it. Shortcomings did not. Shortcomings did have title cards in between different scenes, like acts, like little um, interstitial um, things, you know, in between like certain chapters of the film. Shortcomings is something I'd probably get on VOD. Would be nice if they do a director's commentary. If Randall Parks does a commentary, I would buy it. Like, I, I just saw this past week where when Past Lives comes out, there's going to be commentary. So I'm going to buy it. I don't know. I think the Blu-ray comes out pretty soon. So I may just wait and get the Blu-ray if the Blu-ray comes with the digital thing. Anyway, I just really liked it. It's it's all, this is just the movie that was just right in my wheelhouse. The main character works at an art house theater. He's kind of a, he's kind of, <laughs> oh, oh, he, oh man. He, I don't want to say too much. But he works at an art house. It, it's like, I almost felt, I don't think I'm as bad I don't think some of my unlikable qualities are as unlikable as his. I'll, I'll just put it that way. And then I got the same vibe of this move from this movie when I saw that play that I was telling you about. Um, what's the name of the play? Uh, Primary Trust that I saw earlier this summer, where I'm watching this play. And this, but this this character that William Jackson Harper played was like a good guy who's who's just been traumatized by a, a horrible thing that happened in his life but he's he's a more likable character than this guy in shortcomings and the main guy but i just i was this is like this has been two works of art this year that have been like whoo that one uh that's kind of closest to home and even though like bad things happen to this character in where he gets treated gets treated like shit by somebody some of it's is 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 uh some of it's his fault um yeah so it's just it's it's really good. It, it's just like you, you, you. How do I how do I want to say it? Like I felt like oh, there's some of me in this. Oh shit, I wasn't expecting to for it to kind of cut that deep. Um, and you see everybody. Yeah, it's just it's just really good. It's just it's just one of them ones, man. I think I think this is gonna have to. It's still relatively early. We got four more months left in the year. I think if I were to look back, I, I'd, I'd say this would still end up on a list, even though we got the heavy hitters coming soon, you know, but it's it's definitely one of these small movies. It's around during the strike. You're not seeing people promote it that much, but it's it did the festival circuit because when I'm looking up, you know, reviews and just online and looking at people talk about the film, it's from the film festivals. And I think Randall Park is uh this is a, a strong debut. Uh, I think it's because of his work as an actor, being able to to know. I'm assuming being him being an actor himself, 
knowing how to talk to these other actors and to get what he needs from them in these scenes. And then it just seems like the source material is really fucking good too. So he had a, I'm assuming he had a lot of help and I'm assuming he just knows the skills from being on set all the time and knowing how to run a set. But, uh, whatever it is, this is a really strong, strong debut and the the social commentary that it makes that he's making here uh it's it's like oh shit like you're you're going there in this film and uh yeah i'm gonna just i'm gonna just say it takes a jab at uh crazy rich asians but it's a it's a jab that um it it's just like it's just like how black as fuck uh, takes jabs at these these uh, black critics that uh, these black filmmakers that are aren't that good, but people size ah fuck no I don't want to say that because I like Crazy Rich Eight. It's the same. You know what it is? It's the same in talking and in fighting that black people have when they're talking about these movies, about critiquing them. And it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the fucking same. It's the same. And, that, that, and, and what I appreciate about this film, and I was talking about this, I think, when Veronica was on the show, where it's like the inner lives of these people are just as interesting as these white main characters. That's why you need to have excuse me, to have diversity. It's so, it's important. It's just like one, it's like, what if you just fucking swung the camera around and focused on these Asian people, this guy who's a struggling filmmaker with his lesbian girlfriend, who's a grad student who has an interesting life. That's just as interesting and worthy to be documented on film as their white counterparts. What happens if you just swing the camera around to somebody who's kind of just playing a white person's friend in a movie what's what's their life like when they leave that white friend you know and i think i think this is this movie's just in the pocket it's just a good story i'm not trying to make myself sound like i'm woke because i'm watching an asian film uh you know it's just a good story it was a track it was an attractive story two of the two of the most um fuck man within the past five years there's been several asian films that have just been some of my favorites like I, I, columbus you hear me talk about that shit all the time uh past lives celine song i'm gonna be checking for everything that these motherfuckers do now and it's 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 good it's really good it brings up it, it's just like it's a meditation on like a lot of different things about like interracial relationships, <laughs> sexuality, um, the film industry. Um, another thing like the, the technical aspects, the way, like the editing that I noticed, like I, there's a, a, an early scene and I'm looking at, so I'm like, why 
why did he linger on this shot that was just like, why did he do that? And then if there's a fucking payoff towards the end of the film where it's like, oh shit, that's why you did that. That's why he did it. Like, oh, that's fucking smart. And then watching like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna buy this movie. Uh, then watching it like when it was like, um, there's just a lot of shit that I can relate to in this. And then the way the editing, the way that he just like, and somebody could be in mid sentence and then he just cuts and goes to the next scene. One, one was just like, oh, it was just like, you kind of just showing like a, a slice of a piece of a, of a relationship. And then two, which is like, oh, that's funny. And you just pull, he pulled right out of it. And, and then into something else, like, I don't know. I I really um I really rocked with this one. This is I think this is probably one of my favorite films of the year. Past lives and shortcomings right now. I really got a towards the end of the year maybe I'll do something where I just talk about all my like movies that I've given 5 stars to or something and just talk to another one of your faves about this. Um yeah, so we'll see. Um, everybody, I think that's it. I think I've blabbed enough for this week. Episode 665. Um, got to do something special for the, the devil episode. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you, what I'll do. I'll think of something. Um, but in, at any rate, I want to thank you all. Think I would like to thank all of you for listening to the show. Everybody for Patreon. I appreciate you subscribing. You keep the thing going, and I appreciate you for that, regardless of what these other mofos do. I got this um, Kang the Conqueror action figure before um, <laughs> before the 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 pre cancellation of Jonathan Majors, and I like black. You know what? I like black action figures, and and I'm I'm looking at them now, and I have them sitting on my desk. And every time I look over, it looks like he's just questioning me and giving me this side eye, like everything I'm telling you is bullshit. But he's a villain, so I guess he would be giving me the side eye. This is a great looking he's a great looking figure though. I gotta get one of those stands where they hang up and where they like they're stand it's like they're floating. I gotta get one of those. But at any rate. Every, <laughs> thank you so much. For listening to the show, I appreciate you all, and I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody.